Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, and I'm here to dish out practical advice through experience to help you elevate your business and your life. I'm the owner and CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be covering a variety of topics in real estate, and you'll also be hearing from expert leaders in the personal development and entrepreneurship communities. So pull up a seat because we're about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Let me tell you guys about Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what their members create, and they're here to support you through the process. They provide capital and services to build businesses. They offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. They work with artists to reach their audiences. They help nonprofits transform our communities. And often the most important work they do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. They're here because what you create matters. We're all creating something from the artists on Music Row to the business leaders throughout our community, even those caring for their families. We're all building, growing, dreaming, and improving. We're a community built on collaboration and creativity. That's what makes us Nashville. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 1761767. Heather, we are here for another episode. We are. I am so excited about today's episode. I am too. It is very appropriate, timely for anyone who's been in the real estate business for any amount of time or who's enjoying a lot of success. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about, is it time to hire an assistant or a contract to close person? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So in a recent episode, we talked about burnout. Which, as a reminder from Professor Google, (laughs) burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. And as we discussed before, this can happen in almost every aspect of a person's life. Mm -hmm. And as we also discussed, if you're a realtor, your personal and private life are in constant intersection because real estate as a full-time realtor is not just a career. It's a lifestyle. It is. So burnout can happen and it may be spillover from career to personal or vice versa because of the constant intersection. I know as we're sitting here right now, I've got a broken ankle and I don't feel burnout. I feel extreme frustration that is causing me to feel burned out because I can't move at the speed of lightning like Mm -hmm. I'm used to. So I'm only on day five of crutches. Six more weeks to go. This could be interesting. (laughs) So when talk about hiring an assistant, of which I do not have right now, I keep thinking of all the things that he or she could be doing for me. Yes, yes. And and for those of you who do not know Christy Wilson, she does move at the speed of lightning. I I will testify to that. I know. I'm like a speedboat, but I have to be careful of my wake. You know. (laughs) Anyways, so quick question for you, Heather. Um, Did you know that a realtor will have over 100 touches on something to get a property? From contract to close. Yes, I have heard that before and I believe it. And we won't get into the weeds on this because that might make a great podcast for a future Mm -hmm. uh, show. 
but we taught a class on this at the Wilson group. And I had initially, when I wrote the class had come up with 86 touches. And then as the class continued and Wilson group agents would say, well, what about this? What about this? I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're right. Mm -hmm. It quickly became over 100 touches. So a transaction isn't just getting a house under contract. There are so many steps that take place that have to happen to successfully get your buyer or seller, whomever you represent. Right. And that does not include follow-up. No, that is not (laughs) follow-up. And that, that that does also does not include the time of marketing and getting the house to contract, right? It doesn't Mm -hmm. include putting the sign in the yard, putting the lot box, getting the appointment, all that. This is just from the minute you get the contract. So in knowing all this, it almost becomes impossible to do more than 25 to 30 successful transactions a year without help. Right. So this brings us to this topic. Is it time to hire an assistant or a contract to close person? And just for those who are listening who don't know necessarily what a contract to close person is, it's an assistant that can be virtual or in the office who takes care of all your paperwork and scheduling. And in today's world, where a complete contract package is typically 27 to 35 pages of contract disclosures, amendments, and addenda, to say that there's a lot of paperwork and documents is an understatement. Mm -hmm. And face it, some agents are just bad at paperwork. They are great at the relationship and the selling of the property, but all the detail and paperwork that's required by law, mind you, is not their strong suit. And as a broker and managing a bunch of agents, I know who isn't great at their paperwork and who I say, guy or gal, you really need a contract to close person. Mm -hmm. There's just too much that's going to fall through the cracks if you don't have somebody following up on the detail. And the contract close person typically charges by the transaction and not by the hour or on a retainer. Although I'm not even sure if a retainer model is out there. So that can be also very comforting to somebody. And so if you're doing 25 to 30 transactions a year and you want your business to grow, it's probably time to hire someone to manage just the paperwork aspect of it. The contract to close person will keep all the documents and copies of such things, such as earnest money, as well as all your actual documents. And Heather, I'm excited because we'll be having Caitlin Key, Mm -hmm. who is the Wilson Group's contract to close expert, to be a guest on a future podcast and go into more detail on that model. So now that brings up the assistant. Yes. So many agents are hesitant. I know you and I have talked about this before too, are hesitant to hire an assistant because they are thinking, oh my goodness, what if I don't close anything once a month or twice a month? Right. How will I pay for an assistant? What if my business draws up? What if I have to fire them in two to three months because I can't afford them? Mm -hmm. And on and on. And so these excuses start building up in your head. And if you are thinking like this, then you probably aren't thinking two chess moves ahead in your strategy. If you are stuck at, say, 30 transactions a year and can't seem to grow your business beyond that, it's because you are probably spending too much time on doing activities that an assistant could do to free you up so you can go out and get and meet more people and create more opportunities. You are thinking in that mindset of lack Mm -hmm. and not abundance. So that what if there's not enough closings? What if the not, not, not instead of there is so much business out there, I don't have enough time to go out and get it. So thinking in abundance, changing that mindset also will make it much more comfortable at the thought of hiring an assistant. And I know you've heard me say this all the time, Heather, but there's plenty of business for everyone out there who wants to go out and get it. True. And as a CEO of one, which any independent contractor realtor is, 
there comes that moment where you need help and the help should pay for itself. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing 35, well, 25 transactions consistently a year, you will continue to do 25 to 35 transactions a year in all probability. But before I hired an assistant many years ago, I could not get beyond that 35 closings a year. I was at that point in my career where I couldn't work harder or faster or create more hours in the day. And keep in mind, there were no electronic signatures back then either. I so, could not imagine. <laughs> it was just a lot of faxing <laughs> back and forth, a lot of in-person meeting. Because if a homeowner didn't work outside of the home, you know, they would have to go to Kinko's or Office Max or whatever the, those type of places were to fax stuff back. Send the fax. Mm-hmm. Wow. So a lot of times it was just easier to go to their house and to present a contract, present an offer that is, you went to their house to do signatures to do listing paperwork. You went to their house to do all the listing paperwork. So everything was in person. So before I hired an assistant, I just made a list of everything I shouldn't be doing and that someone else could be doing and looked at how much time that would open up for me to have more business and or to have more free time. Because after all, the assistant isn't just for more business, but also to open up your time to do fun things outside of work with your family and with your friends and all that. Next thing I had to do after I made that list was to see how much I made per hour. You know, as commissioned real estate people, we work by commission. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're not even adding up, okay, what do I really make a year? It's interesting. I need to do that. Have you done that before? I have not. I need to do that. So before, as I was prepping for this podcast, because I hadn't done it in a long time, I did it and it was fascinating. So to do that, what you want to look at is just see what you've made over the past few years Mm -hmm. and probably average it out. Yeah. That would be a good way to do it. And then divide that by the 52 weeks to see what your weekly pay would be if you were weekly paid. And then divide that by 40 hours a week to see what your hourly worth would be. Granted, when I hired my first assistant, I was working 80 hours a week. Sure. Yes. And my goal was just to get to 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. But I based that on a 40-hour work week to see what that hourly wage would be. Then I made a list of everything I was doing, like I said, that I could pay someone less than my hourly wage to do so that I could both increase how much business I was doing and again, increase the free time. So that list, and I'm sure you've made a list of things that you don't like to do or that you don't need to be doing that you could pay someone to do. Oh, sure. What does your list include? (laughs) Database management. Database (laughs) management. That's a good one. (laughs) I paid my son over the summer to clean out my database. Oh, good. I did. It was, it was good. I wouldn't say great, but it was good. (laughs) Now, how did you do that? So I had several lists, um, different spreadsheets that I had created this one and pulled here and a Christmas list from 2009. And I had a lot of duplicates. Got it. So we combined them all and he combined them all into one spreadsheet. He's pretty savvy. He deleted duplicates for me. He went in and highlighted areas that were missing information. And so I was able to kind of try to gather the missing pieces. So really, he just kind of organized what I already had and compiled it into one list for me. That's wonderful. It was super. It was helpful. It was helpful. I would say that freed up hours because that's tedious stuff too. Mm -hmm. And that is stuff that you think about, and I hate to use the word tedious, it's extremely important, but it takes away from you being out there and creating opportunities in your business. So many other things to do. Right. And it eventually it creates the opportunities because now you can really be in contact with other people, 
But to actually physically do that, it takes some time. And my list include database management <laughs> yeah. as well. And also preparing all of my paperwork, organizing files, but then going out and meeting inspectors and termite people, contractors, cleaning people, landscape people, handymen, all the things that you have to do. Mm, putting signs out. Putting signs out. I paid out. him to put signs out for me. I made him take a picture of it in the yard signs. to make sure it was where I wanted it. And I tell you, <laughs> open house signs for me, ugh, I hate putting open house signs up in the riders. Yes. Because inevitably it's hot. You can't, you're maybe in heels. You can't yes. get the darn sign in the ground. <laughs> so we used to carry jugs of water and then my assistant did to saturate the ground to get the so smart. to get the sign in because you, you can't pound it any harder with a mallet you destroy the sign and the mallet mm-hmm. you got to get that get that dirt that feels like concrete get that saturated <laughs> but you know all these things even shopping for housewarming gifts putting together closing gifts getting all the documents to lenders title companies making sure all the signatures are there putting together your listing presentation packets, your buyer presentation packets. And my assistant, I wanted it to eke over into my personal life, going to the grocery Mm. store for me, taking and picking up my dry cleaning, um, picking up flowers for people, you know, just little nice touches and taking returns back, you know, to Dillard's or whatever. And so she became a full executive assistant, not just my real estate assistant. So again, just making that list of things that takes away from your time if you are looking to increase your opportunities in business. Okay, so once I realized, all right, I not only could do this, I have to do this to get to my goals because I was setting some big old goals for myself. Mm -hmm. And I I see your goals every year. You set big old goals too. (laughs) And I think every realtor should be out there setting those big goals because once you set them, you look at them, you get to them, and we'll do a podcast on goals. Yeah. You know, you'll get to them. So after that, your next step is how are you going to find and interview the candidate? And that can kind of be tricky if you've never done it before. So tell everyone you know that you are looking. Tell other realtors, tell people in any groups you're in, they may know somebody, and um, and have them send resumes to you. And you can also post it on your social media, your LinkedIn email all of your realtor friends. They may have someone in their office who isn't quite cutting the mustard in real estate sales, Mm -hmm. but are great at paperwork and just would rather be an assistant. So, and then you can also go through things like Indeed, ZipRecruiter, all that. Keep in mind, if you do that, you're going to get hundreds of resumes because it's excruciating going through them. Mm -hmm. And then you interview. So some tips on interviewing. If you're new to hiring an assistant, It's not easy interviewing. So you're going to want to read a few articles or watch some YouTube videos on how to interview. I'm one of those people when somebody sits down in front of me to interview, you know, they're putting their best face forward, their best skill set forward. And I genuinely like just about everybody, which I can't decide if that's a gift or a curse. (laughs) It's a gift. Well, until you talk about my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. But we won't go there. That that may not even be a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really do like most people. Yes. And um, so I when I would interview people, I'm like, oh my gosh, they would be great. Yes. And then you have to realize, hey, you're not hiring someone to be your bud or to be your friend. You're hiring someone for specific tasks. Mm-hmm. So knowing what questions to ask and how to ask them and how to listen for right. the answers 
are so critical. Equally critical is being crystal clear on what the expectation of the job is. Yes. And what they can expect from you. And some people, and I'm one of these people, I like to do it in a two-part process. I want to interview the first time just to sort of get to know each other a little bit and then give them, I mean, I'll give them the three-page list of what tasks I'm looking for for them to do and then um, say, okay, I'll be back in touch. Then let it sink in, their personality, who they were a little bit, maybe do a little reconnaissance on them and then decide if I want to ask back for a second interview. You know, there, there's a variety of way of do it to do it, and that's why I say you can find anything you want to on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, on, I like the two part. Yeah, another piece of it is don't interview too many people unless you're just getting duds. Mm-hmm. If you have, and you probably won't have more than five or ten people, anyways, and probably not even more than five. But if you do interview more than five, they'll start to sort of run together and. You know, it just makes sense to keep that number small if you have quality candidates. Mm -hmm. All right. And then let's say you you offer the person the job, you know, and it depends on how you want to do it. Are you going to pay them by the hour? Is it full time? They're going to go on salary. You know, those are things you're going to want to consider and probably talk to some other people who have hired assistants before as well. But you're going to want to put together an employment contract. It's very important to have that employment contract so they know what is expected of them. And they know what is expected of you. And you stay on the same page. And with my employment contracts, too, I do a 90-day trial period. Mm-hmm. Sort of the, the money-back guarantee. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of that song, Get Your Money Back at the Door by the Counting Crows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the Counting Crows show Thursday night. So. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. So that, that song just popped in my head. You don't want to get your money back at the door. You hope that assistant works out. Yes. Anyways, the employment agreement is very, very important. And then you can create your annual reviews with them going off of that employment agreement. So question, because we might have a lot of of listeners who are in real estate, for the assistants that you've had, um, would you like them to have their real estate license? Ooh, Heather, that's a great question. I do like them to have their real estate license. Okay. Um, in the state of Tennessee, in order to hold an open house, you mm-hmm. have to have a real estate license. Well, to give any information, I mean, you can be a hostess at an open house, but you really want your assistant to be able to talk to people. It just makes it easier. Makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I also want my assistant to have stronger skill sets than mine in areas that I'm not an expert at. So... Social media, for instance, I'm, it's not, I mean, I could be great at social media if I took the time to do it. It's just nothing I care to take the time to do. Creating brochures. And luckily we have the awesome Kelly Butler at the Wilson Group, who's our marketing director, who does an amazing job on all of our marketing. But there's just certain things that I don't enjoy doing. Yeah. So making sure that person is really good at those things too. So tailoring that list for specifically what you're looking for. Because I think my list might look a little bit different than yours. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, But kind of going after the same goals. That's right. That's right. And you use a contract to close person. I do. I do. She's a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. Um, She actually lives in Oklahoma, which is so funny. Because most people don't know that she's not here sitting at the Wilson Group when they interact with her. But she really is just the keeper of the deadlines. 
and the paperwork. She's making sure that all signatures are received and then uploading files where they needed to be uploading, sending copies out to clients. So she just keeps those types of things on track for me on a daily basis so that I can focus on other things, um, new business meetings that I have. I'm involved in the community Mm -hmm. so that I can keep all of those other worlds going. She is kind of the steady that makes sure that we do not miss anything. And that goes back to what we said to begin with, just to sort of circle back around where our lives intersect between personal and professional, having someone know all those details Mm -hmm. and actually her being virtual and out of state, even better. She doesn't know your people. No, No, it's, I told, I told someone that who had had a lot of interaction with her and they thought she's not at the Wilson group. I was like, no, she's not. I just pay her by transaction, but she's been with me for several years now. So, you know, having repeat clients, they will ask about her and then they've gotten to kind of know her just communicating back and forth. Nice. Nice. Well, I use Caitlin Key here at the Wilson Group and she has made my life so much easier when I hand over the file and let it go. But I'm working on not being such a control freak because half the times I forget which ones I give her and I start doing all the work on them. And then I get the bill. I'm like, oops. (laughs) (laughs) Caitlin was handling that one. Number one thing to think about too, when you do hire an assistant is you've got to let go of some stuff. If you are doing everything yourself and have been doing everything yourself, it's really hard sometimes to let go of certain tasks because you're in your head, you're thinking, I do it a specific way. Like what you said, Heather, you do your social media, you do your marketing, your online newsletter, and it's beautiful for you to let that go to somebody else. You'd be be like, really tough. For me yeah. to do that. I know that at some point that would be a really good idea, mm-hmm. but that would that would be very hard for me. So it was very hard for me to let go of the complete file and my checklist and all that. And once I did, though, it, the freedom I gained. So if you're new to hiring an assistant, make sure you understand it may take you some time to mm-hmm. let go of everything. But keep your eye on the ball of what your main goal of hiring an assistant is. The second piece of it and where I see assistants with with the realtor and assistant blow up is lack of communication. Mm -hmm. And that lack of communication isn't coming from the assistant. It is coming from the realtor. A very busy realtor is just a whirling dervish at times. I mean, you are moving so freaking fast. You know, you have five, 10, 15 transactions going on at once. You don't know which way's up. Your hair's constantly on fire. I mean, we've, we've seen this in people and you're not taking the time to talk to your assistant and get on the same page. And when you're not communicating, that opens up a gap of distrust Mm -hmm. of the assistant going, I don't know what I'm doing. And then is just assuming mm-hmm. because she's getting, he or she is not getting the feedback they need to get from their employer. Cause you're in, in essence are their employer. So mistakes I have made is not having clear, concise communication and not having weekly meetings, weekly check-ins, weekly check-in yeah. is so important. And when you miss those, it, everyone's just sort of flying by the seat of their pants. Right. Right. You yeah. know, and, and you miss something and, one thing I never got to was to have my assistant check my email. But if you're, you're I know, oh. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> help. Um, for someone to check my email, that just like, nah. Yeah, um, that, that would be a major control thing for me. Right. But a lot of people do have their assistant check their email. So be really clear 
on what needs to come to you and what he, she needs to respond to, you know, because that's, that's a big piece of our day. Email is a, it is. it's a time suck, but it's mm-hmm. also, it's critical for your day. You know, yeah. it's how so many people need to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. So again, to circle back around, if you are doing 25 to 35 transactions a year, you may seriously want to consider hiring an assistant and taking the steps that Heather and I talked about in look at what tasks someone else could do, look at what your hourly wage is so that you could appropriately pay an assistant and talk to other agents in your office about what are they paying an assistant and are they paying them by transaction or are they paying them an hourly fee or an annual salary. Lots of things. Right. No, this is all good. It can change your business and change your life. And change your life for the better. So if you communicate, it changes for the better. If you're not communicating, it's it's a bad relationship. And that's that never helps anyone. Right, right. Well this is all great tips. I love talking about this today. All right. So I look forward to us talking to Caitlin Key on just the contract to close piece next. I hope everyone has a great day today. Yeah. And you too, Heather. Good to see you, Christy. You too. Bye. Bye. The Wilson Group Real Estate Services is one of Nashville's top premier boutique real estate firms. We specialize in working with buyers and sellers for housing, investment, and commercial needs, as well as offering a full-service property management division for your investments. Check out our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com. Hey, if you're loving the show, we would be delighted to hear from you. Be sure to go over to your podcast app, scroll down to where it says ratings and reviews, and tell us your thoughts. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and move up in their life.